This week's episode of the Sonolia Test is brought to you by Stitcher Premium. If you haven't tried Stitcher Premium yet, now may be the perfect time. Stitcher Premium gets you completely ad-free episodes of hundreds of shows like Comedy Bang Bang, WTF with Mark Maron, and How Did This Get Made? You also get 21,000 hours of exclusive content, new exclusive originals like Marvel's Wolverine, launching every week on Stitcher Premium from Stitcher Premium members. And if you love podcasts, you got to check it out or you'll be missing out. When you listen to ad-free episodes in Stitcher Premium, your favorite podcasters also get paid. Help support your favorite shows and join Stitcher Premium today. For a free month of listening, go to stitcherpremium.com and use the promo code TEST. Hey, let's start the show. For Thursday, July 12th, 2018, welcome to This Is Only a Test, the official podcast of Tested.com. Welcome to a full house for This Is Only a Test. Everyone's back from travels. I'm Norm, joined by returning from a week of camping. Camp Jeremy. Camp Mather. Jeremy Williams. <clears throat> yep. I, I got out before the virus outbreak. Whoa. There was a virus outbreak. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. I want to introduce our other co-host, Kishore Hari. We're recording this on one of the best days of the year. That's National Slurpee Day. Shut it's up. It's 7-Eleven. Shut up. Go get your Slurpees wait, on. Wait, wait. Is that real? Is this a corporate thing? Yeah, totally. Um, but hmm. it doesn't matter. It involves Slurpees. So it is, is 7-Eleven. Okay you're, you're right. Yeah, okay. Go what, get your free 11-ounce Slurpee. If you're 7-Eleven and you have so many things you sell, is the Slurpee the thing you want to associate with your, the day you're going to claim? It's the thing you want to give away because it costs nothing. That's true. Okay, you're not going to give away hot dogs. Loss leader. I will mm. say, friends don't let friends drink slurpees that aren't the right consistency though if you are going to go get a free slurpee make sure that machine has spun it up and that's nice thick consistency <laughs> slurpee or slushy oh i'm definitely a slurpee what is wait 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 you mean slipper icy yes no, there's no. a slushy too there, a slu- there was a slushy was a dog yeah it was a polar bear i thought oh yeah you're probably right but he had a hat he I'm did have familiar a hat with the icy yeah was sure. it theaters today what did you mention Icy. Uh, icy is disgusting, right? Too sweet. It's just like foam. It's not even ice. Oh, you're correct. Yeah, it's more foam, foam-like. Yeah. Yes, yes. Not a fan. Oh. All right. Well, I guess we're all Slurpee people here. Go get your free Slurpees. Hey, uh, Jeremy, you were in a different part of the Bay Area? The state? <laughs> Not the Bay Area, man. I was in Yosemite. You're in a national park. That's right. Well, it's actually Yosemite. right outside of it. I've talked about this before. San Francisco owns a, a plot of land in Yosemite um, called Camp Mather. They have for almost 100 years now. And um, the city opens up a lottery every year to residents of San Francisco. If you, you enter the lottery, you can bring your family. If you win, you, you can pay to bring your family to Yosemite for a week. And it's, it's very reasonably priced. The okay. lottery is biased. Oh, because you never won. My family. Kishore has lost the lottery. Three times. Oh, my gosh. Have you never gotten there? No. Nope. Oh, my gosh. Well, anyway, uh, I was there. We had a good time. And then the week after we left, they shut the camp down about two days into the session due to a virus outbreak. What type of virus? Stomach flu? Yeah, or? like a 48-hour stomach virus. Whoa. Did they? 
Were there signs of it before you left? There were. In fact, my wife found a sheet of paper while we were there that was a list of staff who needed to be checked on because they were exhibiting know, signs in bed with fevers. That's how much of an outbreak it was. Is somebody must have been holding that paper <laughs> and, and that been like. <laughs> emergency in cabin 16 and just threw the paper down oh i figured maybe they got the virus oh sure that's another way dropped like it's more graphic like though. in monty python it goes, uh, <laughs> yeah what well, is is a camp in the middle no, camp in the middle of yosemite is a perfect setting for a virus outbreak movie because you don't have to have a like the city environment it's cheaper to film out in the wilderness you're off the grid there. You're off the grid, so it's all, all extra scary. It, that's that's a pretty scary place for any type of viral outbreak. It, to it would be. It would be. Yeah, you you wouldn't. You would either. You want to get out before they lo- contained it out. My week was great, I, and I got to tell you, the arc that I experienced going off the grid is really really special because I hated it at first. Like the first couple of days, I I just got to get back online. I got to get my fix. By, Detox. By like three days in, I'm like, all right, I think I'm going to survive. And then by five days in, I don't want to leave. Are you insufferable to your family the first two days? You know, I put up with it. I don't try to to show it. Wow. I don't try to good, show be it. Be a good role model try for to your be kids. A, try to you, be a man. You have a fairly connected family. Do they go through that same process oh, too? Oh, yeah. No, my, my, my 11-year-old successfully convinced his mom to bring us home a day early. <laughs> what? So he, so he could play Fortnite playgrounds. Oh my, that was the reason? <laughs> oh, you, oh, I'm sore, sorry. All of our kid poor, listeners poor are people. saying, yes, that's the reason, wow. yes. But, but at that point, was the whole family ready to leave? You're, you didn't want to leave. No, I was the one that didn't want to at that point. You, well, who has the keys to the car? Uh, you know what? I'm happy to go along with things because we got wow. a good deal out of it. We, you know, if, if you have a big enough family that goes on a trip, it was a and trade all connected. You could create your own intranet. We said, "Fine, we'll leave a day early, but one week of no sugar." Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's huge bartering. Wow, that's how much it was worth. Yes, to your kid yeah. to leave it a week of no sugar. Did they bart? Did can't. they barter back? You're like, but increased risk of stomach virus. <laughs> and the other, the other deal was we would use more of the park resources around the city more often. We would do this more often on, in our daily lives. That's not a real, that's unenforceable. It's vague. Neither of it's those are vague. enforceable. Yeah. Your kid is, is, is sucking on a lollipop right now. <laughs> oh, well. No. Well, I'm glad you're back. Uh, I'm glad you had a good time. Did you? The times I remember going camping, and I like there was before it cell phones. There was the one, the only connection out the outside world was a one payphone. Yeah, at the campsite. There yeah, they had that, that one payphone. I wondered if anybody okay. hooked up the War Games modem to that kind of thing, yeah. and they actually got online at the payphone from Camp Mather. Can you even buy dial-up? Yeah, I don't know. Is there even dial-up service in? Oh, like, can you actually sign, subscribe yeah, to that? Right. that? You could set it up yourself. You could set up a modem at home. Oh, uh, but, you, but you'd be paying per minute for that call. Well, yeah, I suppose with a calling card. That, that'd be really expensive. That'd be interesting. That's a fun, that'd be a fun thing to test. Anyway, Kishore, how was your past week? It was excellent. I don't remember it whatsoever. Nothing memorable happened. All right. Well, there's <laughs> <laughs> nothing memorable happened. We're going to jump to our top story. Boom, ba-boom, boom. story this week it's funny because under our, our show notes we actually have no top story this week but i'm gonna move something from the pop culture 
news into Top Story, which was right after we recorded the podcast last week, we heard about the passing of Steve Ditko, the co-creator of Spider-Man, creator of Doctor Strange, um, a comic books legend. Um, and, you know, this is, this is a big deal. So how was he a co-creator? Uh, was he the illustrator? He was yes. the artist yes. that made Spider-Man. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And and did you ever read, I don't, I don't know if you guys, uh, either of you read the, the book, How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way. It was a, it was a I want to see when, when this was published. Um, it's one of my favorite books to borrow from the library. And it was, um, well, it, you know, it, was, it wasn't Steve Ditko, but like the ideas of like the, the style of Marvel Comics and what Steve Ditko did in those comics, mm. it was so dynamic. Um, and it wasn't just like the, the funny pages. It wasn't just the comic strips you'd find in newspapers. And a lot of that kind of storytelling that really, like, like you associate you know, Jack Kirby with like his style for like the, the, the crazy intergalactic stuff and the cosmic stuff. But like what he did with Spider-Man with like kind of like a lanky character hmm. um, and gave him, you know, these superpowers and put him in these extraordinary scenarios was what sparked the imagination and what made this character so beloved. Yeah, I think the, the lore is, is Stan Lee just said, draw a character that has spider powers. So it wasn't like this. There, are, there was this defined Spider-Man character when it, when it got handed over. Um, there, there's so much to this backstory because Steve was kind of this recluse uh, of sorts. Like he never gave interviews, though supposedly he was giving interviews with, um, with one comic journalist late in life that will come out um, in, the, in the coming years. Um, but why, he had why a, is that? He's just a private he, guy. Yeah, I mean, he's supposedly a little eccentric character. He had a big falling out with Stan Lee pretty early on in the career. I think in the late '60s, early '70s, um, and uh, ended up leaving Marvel and then coming back and and leaving and doing some stuff at, at, at DC and some other places. But mm-hmm. uh, but we don't know why that feud happened still to this day. Like Stan Lee never. Um, has never really commented on what happened in like he's or he's professed like just like no um no details around it and 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 Steve never mentioned it. Well, Jeremy you asked what what was it about the his involvement with like the creation of Spider-Man and it wasn't just the creation of the character, it was the collaboration in the stories. And so comic book relationships, the relationship between a writer and the artist today mm-hmm. is very different than what it was back in you know the 60s uh, especially in Marvel comics today and people out there who who listen who work in in comics uh, you know you write like a script it's almost like a screenplay you write page by page 22 page comic strip uh, comic book um, and you lay out your beats and there's a back and forth collaboration um, you know it's like the director for a movie screenplay doesn't write in the cinematography or, the, uh, or the, the screenwriter doesn't write in the directorial notes in the cinematography unless you're Quentin Tarantino. You let the other people do their job, what they're good at. Um, back in the early days of Marvel Comics, when like Stan Lee was writing and working with Steve Ditko, they would have a relationship where they would, there would no, be no script. There would just be a plot synopsis where Stan Lee would say, in this issue, these beats will happen. Great the book. And then Steve Ditko would take that synopsis and 
do the, all the panel layouts, all the action beats. And so it was very, it was more visually oriented. Mm -hmm. And then that would get sent back and then dialogue would be filled in after. By Stanley. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No kidding. So yeah. it was art first. Well, it was, it was like a plot first. Right. And then art driven. Interesting. Is, is how, and that's why I think that's why you associate so much of it with not being so dialogue heavy, but being, having these great panel, like relationship between the actions and the panels hmm. and the pages. You know, we didn't even mention Squirrel Girl, which has become sort of like a cult was favorite. A, was that a Steve Ditko yeah. creation? Wow. wow. That, I think that was probably one of his last creations that goes back to the 90s, but has become quite the cult hit. Yeah. Well, go pick up an old issue of Spider-Man and, and read it. And, and uh, there's lots of cool resources online for uh, old Marvel comics and free comics in general. I don't think enough people are doing those things. Um Let's get to pop culture news. Gentlemen, get out your Colt 45 because he's back, baby. Lando is back. Oh, my gosh. This is great news. This is, is it great news? It, you know, I'll take it. I'll take it. So this is actually the second bit of casting rumor for Star Wars Episode Nine, still yet untitled, directed mm -hmm. by J.J. Abrams, written presumably by J just J.J. Abrams, or is Lawrence Kasdan coming back for that? I'm not sure if that's been uh, – that's something that they've been talking about. Um, whoa. That happened. Hey, let's start the uh, – <laughs> Jeremy. No music cues. I'm sorry. Point. It's been two weeks. It's been two weeks. <laughs> so uh, I think last week there was news that broke that uh, – J.J. Abrams wanted to, bring Carrie, wanted to bring Carrie Russell into the next Star Wars. And I don't think it's time to make, like, the time to make these announcements is not now. I think it's like, because it's, people treat every, every little bit of news with, they, they dive too much into it because it's Star Wars. If you're going to make casting news, do it all at once. I think that's what they did with, uh, with The Force Awakens. That's aren't they just trying to stem the tide of negative press from announcing the pause on on the the anthologies and then all the the last Jedi nonsense. But this wasn't even an announcement. There was a a, a, a rumor with the Billy D. Williams. It oh, was, yeah. Uh, people rumor. Su sussed Somebody it out. Somebody leaked it. Right. They sussed it out because he canceled appearances at uh, pop culture conventions, and there was an unconfirmed source that that uh, that then confirmed that it was because he was going to be in episode nine. Uh, it makes sense. The reason I think it makes sense is, uh, and hopefully it's because it ties into Solo, right? The beginning of his relationship with the Millennium Falcon and the theory that some people have that this may be the last movie, Star Wars movie, with the Millennium Falcon. It's the last one to okay. go. I can see Kevin that. Smith has been a real big fan of that theory. Are we going to blow it up in the trailer? Like no. Like uh, Star Trek Two? Oh. Yeah, yeah. you know what? I'd, I'd be fine with that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, make it... I don't think it needs to be a movie with reveals. But anyway, the the reaction on uh, online has been mixed. I think uh, people are worried they're going to kill him off. Fine. They might kill him off, but I just need more Billy D. Williams in my life. Everyone said, where's he, you know, in episode eight. It's true. It's true. I mean, where's, where's Wedge? <laughs> I don't know. Did people say where's Wedge? I mean, he Wedge was is just avoiding so fights. That's <laughs> Wedge's way. <laughs> Outside of Lando, is there any other big character 
from the original trilogy that we have not yet seen that it would be easy way to have another tie-in to the original trilogy you know because don't you feel like at this point the new characters ray finn poe they have we we know them enough now that we they can just we can sure. just have a movie about them. You know, I, I and I actually subscribe to the tie-in fatigue theory, which is like it's too much, yeah. and I don't need that in my Star Wars. You need those nods? No, I don't. It takes me out of the of the film. But this is the one. This is the one that I wanted to see, and I'm glad to see. I'll be glad to see what he has if he can still do Lando. Oh, I bet. I mean, Lando is basically him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not like Carl Weather is going back for uh, for Creed. <laughs> Right, no. Uh, all right, all right. And in, in pop culture, the pop culture world, and speaking of pop culture conventions, next week is San Diego Comic-Con. So we are getting a deluge of rumors, leaks, things that may show up and appear there, um, including, and this is, this is kind of weird, uh, a Joker movie that's not the Jared Leto Joker movie. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about this? So... After Suicide Squad, which was terrible, money, well, just but terrible, wasn't great. Uh, Jared Leto loved being the Joker, and so Warner Brothers was pursuing a Jared Leto spinoff Joker movie. It makes a lot of sense. They're doing a Harlequin movie, I think, uh, Breakout Star from Suicide Squad, and so they're going to do that with that Birds of Prey movie. Uh, but the news now is that there's going to be another Warner Brothers Joker movie. This time starring Joaquin Phoenix and being completely not related to Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, Justice League, that part of the DC Extended Universe. What's this about? Are they just throwing darts at the wall trying to find some DC thing that works? It feels like it. It kind of feels like they're going kind of anti-Marvel. Mm-hmm. It, well, it's supposedly it'll be an origin movie, which we don't need. Uh and, uh, you know, Joaquin Phoenix is a weird guy. You remember when he was doing press for that um, Yeah, for that one mockumentary thing? Oh, yeah. And he stayed in character the whole time. So are we just going to see the Joker out and about? No, he is a weird guy. He's very method. I mean, he, he when he was doing The Master with Paul Thomas Anderson, he was in character the whole time and freaking people out. Here, here's one way I can see it working, is if it's not explicitly a comic book movie. If they just tell, like, a psychological thriller right or you know they take an established genre noir like something like the master maybe and tell a really good story and you can make the connection you don't have to make the connection it's not explicitly said and they tell a fairly good movie and you realize then it's the joker um the reason that may not work is that there is no joker origin story like the thing we love about like the tw- Joker, twelve different Joker yeah. origin stories. In in the Dark Knight, was that the Joker? He he who never you never knew where he came from. Like the 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 canonical origin story, uh, even what you saw in um, in uh, Tim Burton's Batman, it's it's just apocryphal, right? It can be a, a madman that just came about in the comics. Actually, recently, you find out that there's been more than one Joker. Oh, like like, it, like a. Pirate from Princess Bride. It, it, there you go. Exactly. The Dread Pirate Roberts. Yeah. Uh, it's just a mantle that the latest crazy insane person takes. And that's how you build a mythology, just like there is the mythology of the Batman in that world. Huh. In the underworld, you have the Kaiser Soze of it all, the Joker. Wow. You know how in sci-fi there's those big red buttons that say self-destruct on them? Can we go just hit that button in the DC offices <laughs> to this, this whole universe they've created? 
it just seems like a mess and they need to do a hard stop and just reimagine it. I mean, they have some great assets like Gal Gadot has been great as Wonder Woman, but everything else has been garbage. I think even Ezra Miller might, you might say has been, was good as the flash, but outside of that, what do they have to work with? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the, the thing that's always interesting to me is how precious the fans are when it comes to their characters being portrayed in film versus television. Now, we know Marvel is, you know, has do- dove into television. Disney and Marvel uh, uh, not only have the Netflix superheroes, but also have their own streaming service coming up. And they're going to have TV shows, you know, Star Wars TV shows and Marvel TV shows there. DC is doing a very similar thing. Warner Brothers has their upcoming DC subscription service, and they're producing shows based on their superheroes there like young justice you have a new robin um there and i thought the cw was the dc network and it totally has been and you know people have responded well to tv shows like supergirl and you have iconic superman care superman is in that show brainiac martian manhunter in that show uh but once you elevate it to the budget of a film did you see what the budget for this film is it's only 50, 30, yeah, 50, 55 million. 50, okay. 55 million. That's small. That's like the first Deadpool That movie. actually gives me hope. Yeah. Because then you have to tell a smaller kind of thriller type story mm-hmm. with like cops and like, right. you know, typical things instead of su- superhero type things. And, and the fact that Warner Brothers is calling it a Joker movie or that this news has come out that it will be, it, it could have made any psychological crime thriller. I don't know if you need to attach that label, but if they're going to attach the label, you know they're going to market it. Right, because they want to get people in seats. It's not just going to be word of mouth. Did you hear mm-hmm. this is also a Joker movie? Could it it's be going to ra- be in the advertising? Could it be rated R? I, I think it would make sense for them to make it rated R. But how do fact- you not make this rated R? Well, you want to get the, the people in to see it. And they also, I mean, they, but they also R. have the Jared Leto Joker movie. Like that's also still happening. Yes. <laughs> it, 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 I'm telling you, there's a self-destruct me. button. Hit it. <laughs> Hit that button. Yeah. I I, I would be. It would be cool if this was for that animated or not animated for that for that subscription service for that uh, you know a serialized psychological thriller mm-hmm. show um, like HBO is doing a lot of these intense dark shows like uh, Sharp Objects and to do something like that with a little bit of a supernatural or superhero bent yeah uh, I think it would be would be kind of cool. The budget actually makes me think maybe it will be rated R because it's less of a gamble. Yeah, I mean I always like saying that. Um, you guys watch uh, Last Samurai, the mm-hmm. Tom Cruise movie. When I watch that movie, that is a Wolverine movie to me, without explicitly being a Wolverine movie. Mm-hmm. That's my Wolverine Japan movie. And so I would love for a Joker movie to be like that, where I get the undertones of like making those connections, but without it being explicitly, you know, never drop the claws. Hmm. Right? Never, never, n- never need to put on the makeup, hmm. but you can just be the Joker. Yeah. Uh, Recently, uh, there are a lot of uh, film subscription services. Um, I subscribe to Filmstruck, which I want to highly recommend again for classic uh, movies and also uh, TCM movies and Criterion Collection. There's also for horror, there's Shudder, which people have been received very well. Uh, There's also a new one coming out that's going to be for free, and it's going to be for cult classics uh, done by the director of Drive. Um, Nicholas uh, Winding Riffin, I never know how to w- pronounce his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to curate some old cult classics and uh, st- allow them to stream on his own website, at 
by dwr.com. Cult classic is kind of a broad definition. I, what, what, what defines? I think un, underappreciated, uh, under the radar film that has mm. ha, that is appreciated by a certain group. Mm-hmm. So I not think. not like The Breakfast Club. No, 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 no. I think that's that's mainstream popular movie. Okay. Now maybe at the time it was a cult classic. I think right. cult classics can become mainstream films, especially in the shifting, you know, awareness of of pop culture. Uh, what I love are kind of interesting directors picking their films. Like I would love for Steven Soderbergh to to do that to you know to, to curate a. In, in, most influential list of films, and then allow you to watch them, uh, not necessarily along with them, but you know, in, in a uh, uh, regular cadence, um, hmm. because they they see films differently. Do either of you use Hoopla, which no, is what, what the is Hoopla? Hoopla is the streaming service that public libraries offer, and they also have a huge library of of classic movies they have a few like cult movies they even have some like rare archival like old 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 school disney movies so uh and it's free and every public library generally in the country offers this service but you have to go to the library to to use it you can use it at home no you can use it at home you just need a library card from that system to access it do you have your library card i do have my library i always like you don't have a library card get it and i lose it and I got to go back and get it renewed. Here, here's here's how I'm going to encourage you to get a library card. They have warriors themed library cards at the library right Ooh. now in San Francisco. Well, then I'll live in a frame. <laughs> It'll live in a shadow box for a while. Uh, yeah, Hoopla. All right, I'll check it out. Uh, last week we talked about MoviePass potentially adding some uh, surge pricing for impacted films. Well. They also had no pricing last week because they had an outage for people. On a Friday night, too. Ooh, ooh, three million people, I think, subscribe to, to MoviePass right now. And for a lot of people, I wonder if that was a measurable impact on ticket sales or if those people end up paying full price to watch a ticket. Yeah, it's good metrics for the theaters. Right? Like how essential has the MoviePass experience been? For that, those three million people, because that's potentially thirty million dollars in in uh, revenue for t- ticket sales. Did we see a spike either way, uh, or just people complaining on Twitter? Are they going to refund any money to to those people? I don't. They said they would. Yeah. Oh, all right. They can purchase tickets out of pocket, and they will issue a refund. Wow, that's going to be so expensive just from the. The power, you know, the employee time it, it will take to process all that. Well, stuff. they got money to spend, right? It's ugly. <laughs> Maybe not not for long. Uh, we've been following the journey of MoviePass, and Market Watch this week has a really long, in-depth story about the spectacular rise of MoviePass and maybe the impending fall. We all know that their cash flow is is they're running out of deficit. They are going to, and their the anticipation is that they're going to spend more money this year than they make from revenue from these subscriptions if they don't raise prices or find new sources of revenue. The company that owns them, the stock has plummeted and may even get removed from the NASDAQ if for 30 days it's lower than a dollar. Oh boy. So the business model, $100 a year, right, which is average of like one movie ticket a year. The problem, of course, one movie ticket a month (laughs) uh, for a year. The problem, of course, is 
that movie pass has to pay the full price of the ticket to subsidize you going in. Yeah, so supposedly the, the theaters ha don't even know that this is happening because it just works as a debit card. Yeah, Mastercard. So the average movie price, a movie ticket in a in America is like eight dollars or something. It's under under ten dollars. Uh, so if you just watch the one one movie, then that that kind of works. But it feels like people, the three million people that have subscribed, are doing much more than that, and the business model. We think is that all that data, because it uses location tracking, is by the way it works. You can only reserve your seat, buy your ticket when you are close to the theater. They are track, and and then it also runs potentially in the background when you're before and after you leave the theater. It tracks your activities, the restaurants where mm -hmm. you're going, when you leave the house, and that data MoviePass thinks is valuable to the movie studios. And the counter argument for that, or is local that, businesses, right? Like any anybody sure. nearby, they can yeah. say, "Well, we know that all of these people." And they are... can send ads to them. Yeah. Uh, the problem is that this is data that movie studios or not movie uh, movie theater chains have already already have to some extent, maybe a le less extent because they don't track your GPS location. But you know, AMC and Regal they have their own subscription plans. Kishore, you're a member of one of them. I am. And so they know we all joined movie clubs while you were gone. Oh yeah. By the way, it'll happen. Uh, they know when you're watching movies. They know when you're buying concessions, what you're buying at the concessions, because you get that ten percent discount, and that's data that they have to improve their business. But they have not sold that to the movie studios because maybe one, it's not actually valuable to the movie studios, or two, the movie studios don't care about it and don't want to pay for it. It's not a part of their bottom line, uh, and with the rise of the movie theater chain subscription services, that's going to push MoviePass out of business because they don't have to pay the full price of the ticket. They only pay what the studios, you know, their, the studios cut. I never thought their business model made any sense. I expected them to be out of business in a few months, and it looks like that's coming what's, to fruition. What's the Deadpool for? for it? Are we, are we going to... The Deadpool. The... <laughs> I think um, by the end of the summer. Um, wow. Because then when uh, they're supposed to be making more money when people don't go to movies, right? Which is September, October, you see a cratering. And so, but I don't think they're going to survive past October. You're saying that the down season right at, in the early fall when people are not supposed to be watching movies, there may be a, a lot of indie hits or something that will get people to theaters and get movie pass to crash no i just think that their models is dependent on people not going to movies during certain times of the year and it'll just fail then all right well, uh, you know <clears throat> i i'm with sure on that i think that the that they just don't seem like they have the best business model but my understanding of business never went beyond let's make a better product than the competition and this idea of data being valuable maybe even the most valuable asset of this company or any company is I, I can't fathom the implications of that or how you sell that. But if I believe that it is it's ex like it, extremely valuable and it's just all behind closed doors and the network of, of how that data actually can be valuable to companies is something that I can't fathom. So if that is their business model, maybe there's something there, but it doesn't look like it's heading in that direction. I still can't see how it can scale. Because if you're a movie studio, you're, how do you underwrite the operations of MoviePass if they 
are in the business of giving. It's it's a, it's a cyclical. Like the money you give them, potentially, just comes back to you. And then what do you get? More people in your seats. I mean, like I guess they're banking on more people going to theaters in general, and the movie the movie business as a whole mm. expanding in general. And then you just have more money churn because then the studios spend the money, then Movie Pass gets the money, gets to survive, and movie the, the money they spend goes back to the studio and they make their their cut off the top to to stay in operations. It's not a giant like it's not a massive business they're in. They're in a they're in a struggle to survive mode yeah. right now. Uh, but I will say, uh, last week talk about signing up for AMC's uh, subscription service, mm-hmm. their uh, Stubbs A list. It is awesome. What is, is what do you get for that? It's uh, twenty dollars a month, and you get uh, to reserve your seats as soon as the showing becomes available. So, monetarily, average ticket price again being under ten dollars in across America doesn't seem like a great value for this because you watch two plus movies. But in the Bay Area, movies are tickets are very expensive. Average movie ticket price is like in the fourteen fifteen dollars range, and for IMAX and Dolby Cinema. It's in the twenty to twenty-four dollar range. You can use this on IMAX. You can use this on IMAX. You can use this on Dolby Cinema. IMAX 3D and all that. IMAX 3D. Wow. Yeah. So if you just watch one IMAX 3D or one Dolby Cinema, that's like a twenty-dollar ticket. That's twenty-four-dollar ticket after fees. Twenty-four with with fees, three-dollar fee. Wow. Right. So this is without having to pay the fees. You pay just your twenty dollars plus tax. You get to book three movies a week. Mm -hmm. Ahead of time, so I can book three movies for this week and for next week and for the following week. And you can book the same movie. So what we did last week is we knew we were going to see Ant-Man and the Wasp. We didn't know if we were available to see it Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. And we checked the showings. There was a good showing, good seats on Friday, good showings on Saturday, good showing on Sunday. And we just booked seats for all three of those showings. And then come Friday, we realized, oh, we do have time to watch it. And then went to the Friday one and canceled the Saturday and canceled the Sunday one. But we held on to our seats just in case. Oh, I don't know about that. So wait, you Some get one shady. free movie a month? Three movies a week. For free? For free. Like as a $20 a month fee? Yes. Jeez, that's a pretty good deal. I've watched five movies already. I'm watching another <laughs> two this weekend. So if, what if you go beyond that? Is there a, a rebate? No. Like a discount? It's just full price tickets beyond full that. Full price tickets beyond that. And yeah. discount on concessions? 10% discount on concessions and free upgrades on from the size. You can, buy a medium and you, they give you a large. Can you bring a friend and get them a discount? No. Okay. No. You'd have to enjoy it now. When the baby comes, it's all over. Well, I don't think this is sustainable either. I think this is one like they make. Yeah, they're going to make money on the popcorn, right? They're going to make money on the soda, right? Even if they give you a free large soda upgrade, the six dollars you're paying for a soda is pure profit for them, right? So they they make a little bit that way back. I'm I'm going out more. I'm going out to the the mall and the movies more. So I'm buying more of their six seven dollar sodas, spending more stuff around there, buying hot dogs, whatever. Uh, I think they want to get people in the habit of going to the movies again, hmm? like regular, way more frequently than people have because it's been tough for theater chains to get people into theater seats. Hmm. So you're saying they have the seats. They have the seats. They might as well fill them. Exactly. And then I think they want to get people in that habit, and then they raise the prices. Because <gasps> then they'll be like, Wait, how about $25 <laughs> a month? Is it worth it? I'm like, oh, I do the math. I've been watching... Eight movies a month now, twenty-five dollars is great. I don't know. It seems like it's better for the surrounding businesses, like the food court benefits sure. from that they, more they, they than totally the movie do. theater. I mean not more, but they they do. Mm. Right? They they yeah. absolutely do. Parking lots benefit. Every like local businesses right. totally benefit. Yes. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. 
We went took the, I took the family to see The Incredibles 2. So I've seen it now for the third time. Not everyone in my family had seen it. The guy behind us brought his baby. Oh, no. Yeah. His Jack-Jack. Newborn. And every time Jack-Jack was on the screen, the, the dad would say to his baby, Jack-Jack, hoping that his baby would say Jack-Jack back, which half the time it did. Really? Yeah. He, wow. Which he thought was the funniest thing, funnier wow. than the movie. Ooh. Everybody around him knew this because it was loud. I would just walk out of that theater and just sign up for, and, and just get a free scrolling <laughs> for the next next showing. <laughs> Hang out at the mall for an hour and a half. Oh, my gosh. You, you, uh, uh, how much do you think you spend on movies a month? Or let's, let's say uh, in the summer, right? I go to one to two a month. Yeah, a month. I go to one to two a summer. Oh, okay. Well, that's not, not worth it for you. Well, I mean, if it's there, though, maybe make time for it. I think that it, the, it being there part, and we have some good AMC theaters in um, in the Bay Area, like the Kabuki Theater in Japantown. Used to be I, Sundance. It's a great theater. I mean, mm-hmm. one or two a month factors in that I still go see it Infinity War every couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get to see it unlimited times in a couple weeks. It comes out on video on the 29th or something. Hey, hey, Kishore, speaking of Infinity War, you know Thanos was right. He wasn't right. N- no, he was justified. No, no, he did nothing wrong. He did nothing There's wrong. very that's oh, very okay. that's a big distinction Ooh, oh, between that he was right. You're making a moral argument there. Mm. I'm just suggesting that he isn't the villain that people are characterizing. If about. you say he did nothing wrong, you're also making a moral judgment call there. Uh, last week we talked about how Reddit was going to ban half of the subscribers to the Thanos did nothing wrong subreddit and mm-hmm. they did it on July July 9th you actually you could have watched a Twitch stream of them running the program <laughs> and they banned people at a rate of what like 10 a second or yeah, something it, it took like uh it took 5 or 6 hours i think for no no 3 and a half hours for everyone to get banned and, and you just saw a scrolling list of the, names the bans happened based on the same criteria as Thanos's random how about that the snapping, rich and poor, all the same. Let's Banned. hear that snap. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not a snap. Oh, now I'm muted. <laughs> Guess what, guys? <clears throat> Did you make it? I'm not a prophet. I'm a survivor. Oh, that, that means from you're from the old, the old school, because all the new school got killed. Well, they they joined as a fad. Some of us are original children of Thanos. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> but I survived. Very so good. what does this mean for those who have been banned, like forever? If or you're banned, bounce? you're supposed to go to a different sub called Into the Soul Stone <laughs> and join that sub. <laughs> what is the sub currently like? Uh, well, for most of it was just shit posting for, for the last week. You could basically post pictures of nothing and just get free karma. Um, and uh, it, at this point, it, uh, it sort of it, it settled down. The person that was running the sub actually re- like retired, resigned after surviving the day of because he, he had done his service. I don't know. It was fun. It was fun, Reddit, for a little while. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, it's a weird phenomenon. Like 200,000 people were on that sub. 450,000. And then it was uh, were part of the snapping. And then there were 600-some thousand by the, by the time that day rolls around. So yeah. this isn't an important sub that people were having meaningful discussions in. Are you t- what what, what, what did what, you just what, say? What part of the internet are you talking about? I'm just asking because you would think You don't think copying and pasting like an image <laughs> that says ban me is important conversation? <laughs> okay. All right, I just want to make sure. 
what may be a more, more important conversation is the future of HBO. Now, AT&T has acquired HTO, HBO, and the report this week is that the new overlords, HBO, are warning HBO that their first year of ownership is going to be tough, that they want HBO to change things around, that it's become too much of a, a niche product mm-hmm. and it needs to broaden its horizons. What does that even mean? I, I, For me, that sounds like what they're saying is HBO isn't doing well on mobile and they need to make more shows that reach audiences where they are. So that's more subscriptions, more content that's geared towards people on the go um, and, and just more shows overall. So currently people watch HBO for premium shows. They know they're going to get $100 million shows put on the TV uh, and, and primarily to watch them on one night a week. Sunday, mm-hmm. night. Sunday night. Sunday night is like HBO owns it. They they have, you know, whether it's Silicon Valley or Veep or John Oliver, mm-hmm. um, Westworld, Game of Thrones. It's it's like it's one week thing because it's a monthly subscription. So they want to make that more the the, the offering more appealing by raising the price, getting more subscribers, and then having them own every night of the week, becoming more like a network. Is that what you're saying? Because that's not mobile. Uh, I'm, they're thinking five years out, right? <clears throat> so I, I could see HBO Go becoming more important to them and maybe not having this weekly cadence, maybe doing the all-at-once Netflix kind of model. Okay. Well, a lot of what HBO also spends its money on is movies, too. I yeah. Mean, it's bread and butter as a premium. So does Netflix. A, and, and, but maybe that's going to change. Maybe, mm-hmm. and Netflix also is le- relying less on its movie licensing because the studios want to own those. Um, and HBO knows the behavior habits of the people at least using app, and even on cable television, what, whether people are watching the movies. Uh, the fact that the channel is just is a cable channel; it's on all the time. It means that they need to have that kind of content, right? You need to you people f- who have cable or satellite flip to HBO, and they want to see uh, a new exciting movie, right? And then they flip, turn on Sunday night to watch the exclusive show. If fewer people are subscribing to the cable and dish packages where they need to have something on 24-7 on HBO, then it can be maybe a, a doubling or a tripling of their premium offerings and maybe a, you know having the highest budget stuff with the Westworld and the Game of Thrones and then having more mainstream stuff that costs less for them to make. Um, this is a total, it's, it's going to be like a war inside HBO of identity of like, you know, their, their tagline, it's not TV, HBO, it's HBO. Well, it may become more just like TV. I, I'm most concerned about them affecting quality, um, and sec- and putting quantity first. And AT, given that it's owned by AT and T, I'm much more concerned about them trying to push content that's going to be geared towards the mobile screen, and that's just not what I want out of HBO an HBO subscription. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you guys read the Recode article about this. They also had a they also procured a copy of the audio that was leaked from this meeting. Mm. They had an int- a slightly different take on it, which was it doesn't, it's not that bad. Because this story got a lot of bad spin. And people were talking about exactly what you're talking about, how it's, you know, we should all be concerned about the future of HBO. The diluting of quality. Exactly. Whereas really, th- what, they, what the New York T- uh, Times article didn't convey was that there will be vastly, uh, vast more resources to, with which to create this new content. 
and they also want to give HBO a large amount of autonomy to continue to do what they're doing. So the, the idea was in, in that the transcripts of that conversation, the people currently run HBO says, you know, to the point of, aren't we making enough money, right? We make $6 billion a year. Is that not enough? And AT&T thinks that's no, right. it's not enough. But it's not like double that by what exactly are you doing now. We just want to make it a more ubiquitous offering. The, the new CEO seems obsessed with uh, user engagement. And he was talking about how in the future there may only be four uh, companies that really interact with the user. It's like it's Facebook, it's, it's Netflix, um, Amazon, and they, he wants to be one of them. He wants to be HBO to be a direct-to-user engagement thing, and he's he he loves the analogy of the uh, thumb up of the, uh, of, that, the of the like button. That is much scarier than HBO changing its business model. But for the a lot idea people, of there it, will be only four companies engaging with us. For a lot of people, it is that already. It is like the fourth thing that people subscribe mm -hmm. to with Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and HBO. Yeah, but it's probably a distant fourth. Not really. Don't you like, think most people get it through cable? And most people, and as and that's tracking downward. Right, right. But for the people, for the growing market of people who subscribe to only a handful of you know whatever their maximum number of, of a la carte subscription services, yeah. I feel like HBO is is up there. Um, but maybe right because Game of Thrones is still like the most pirated show, and Westworld is highly pirated. So I don't know how they make that business model work because you can't have four Game of Thrones shows, or can you? I don't know. I would, I would imagine we're going to be seeing a lot of Game of Thrones. 20-minute episodes, 15-minute episodes, things that you would previously consider, quote-unquote, webisodes being part of their premium subscription service. You know, yeah. Changing the format. That's what people like on mobile, I hear. He also talked about uh, the 5G network, you know, that we're, for cell phones that's on the horizon. And he didn't talk about that as allowing people to watch more content on their phones. He said that's going to enable automated driving and give people that freedom to watch content on whatever screen they have mm. while their car is driving them to their location. Interesting. More hours available to grab the user. I guess when you have autonomous cars coming up in, in a couple of years, there's a lot of time that people spend in cars mm -hmm. that they could be consuming content and paying for it. Yep. Uh, with Comic-Con right around the corner, we're also seeing uh, some images. We know that there are going to be panels at Comic-Con for both Marvel and DC. We, I think Captain Marvel, the film, just wrapped shooting uh, this past week, so we anticipate a big presence for Captain Marvel because that's going to be the big uh, movie ahead of next year, that and Infinity War, but I don't think they're going to really show too much of Infinity War. When is Captain Marvel coming out? Uh, February? Yeah. yeah. Or that's that's the next only next film, uh, right? Uh, and then on the DC side, we have Aquaman coming out later this year. That's going to have a huge presence at Comic-Con. There's also going to be a Shazam movie. And we saw the first image, the first photo of Zachary Levi of Chuck fame as, as Shazam, as DC's Captain Marvel. Two Captain Marvel movies. What is Shazam's power? He's a kid that like is endowed with the power of this like magic sort of wizard wizard guy and turns himself and he gets turned into like a superman figure but he he still has the mentality of a teenager hmm. yeah, it's um, basically like the hulk except a kid becoming superman i was thinking the space ace oh okay. oh yeah sure. yeah <laughs> but shazam's always been a happy-go-lucky like very cheerful superhero 
uh, whole family of of other um, other uh, Captain Marvel like like you know other mm-hmm. kids who have alter egos as superheroes. Uh, the big villain. It's it's also rooted in um, Egyptian mythology, and uh, the villain is Black Adam, and everyone has wanted the fans have wanted uh, the Rock. Dwayne Johnson to play Black Adam uh, as kind of an anti-hero. While this looks pretty true to the comics, I still think somebody should hit that self-destruct button. I'm I'm sticking with it. Yeah. We actually have a big product announcement uh, this week from Microsoft. Microsoft announced its new Surface tablet, Mm. even though I think those devices are laptops. It's the Surface Go, directly aimed to compete with the iPad uh, iPad 9.7-inch model. 400 bucks. 400 bucks uh, without you having a keyboard or stylus. You have to buy those separately. Hundred bucks and I think uh, seventy bucks respectively. Um, Ten-inch screen, huge bezel, super lightweight. It's basically a replacement to their Surface Three, not Pro model that ran on the Atom processor, quad-core Atom processor, a couple of years ago. Um, and this is supposed to be something that can fit in your bag and be your secondary computer, not your primary computer. So, what processor does this run? Uh, it runs a uh, not an, like a last gen, not this current generation, but a last gen, very low power. Uh, Intel X eighty six processor. Really? Do you have to run the <laughs> the Windows ten S, S, or can you can run just normal Windows? You 10? can run just normal. It comes with S, but it's very simple to swap that and upgrade ah. that to win- regular Windows. So does that mean it will run any Windows app? It will run any Windows app. No so kidding. Think of it as a really cheap. Well, not super cheap because three hundred four hundred dollars is you can still get like a, you can get a cheap a, laptop, a, a cheap for, laptop that. for that. Absolutely, but a for that size and that form factor. Uh, without having to pay a premium for that size and form factor, hmm. um, a secondary computer, an affordable secondary computer. Could it play light games? I'm not, I don't. I mean, you're pushing it. Pay I would more. think it's underpowered for something yeah. not, more than just yeah. a you're mobile not, type game. You're yeah. not going to get Fortnite on this. I mean, you technically could, but it's not going to be. Sure, you could right. play Fortnite on this. Uh, Do you think? Yeah, why not? I mean, people are playing Fortnite on their phones. Does it have a GPU? It's uh, a good question. Thank you. I've noticed that's a good question. Usually means people don't know the answer. No, I do not know the answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that uh, interesting because they are directly competing with the iPad and the iPad. Oh, it's it's a. If you get asked, what should you buy as a tablet? Mm-hmm. Is your answer the iPad's the only thing you should buy? I never get asked that question. Do you? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, if you're in the Apple ecosystem, then you should get an iPad. And that education iPad, the $330 or $310 if you pretend you're a student, is a pretty good price, and it works with Apple Pencil mm-hmm. really well. Um, but if it's going to be your only computer, like that's it, when people ask, oh my God. what tablet should I get? Yeah. My next question is, is it going to be your only computer? Because for some people, a tablet is their only computer. I'd, I have a hard time thinking of a tablet as being the only computer. For so many people, older people, tablet yeah. is their way. My, my parents, the tablet, the iPad is their only computer. Do they have a keyboard they hook up to it? No. They, oh, uh, no. They just use the screen. They just write on the screen. 
Emails? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. There is an onboard GPU. Very good. Good research. Um, And then for some people, if they want a tablet and may not be their only computer, $300 to $500 is still a lot of money. And they may not need to spend that much on a full computer because they can get an Amazon Fire tablet mm-hmm. for a hundred bucks, and that's great for, you know, for for video and for eBooks and for web browsing and for email. So it's 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 a tough place right now because uh, Apple kind of dominates with the iPad, and they those computers are still pretty much at a premium to slap those tablets. Um, and you, you get sucked in with all the accessories as well. Uh, I'm interested to see what Surface Go is like. We will stop by the Microsoft store and take a look uh, later. Um, Did we not talk about the post office last week? We didn't talk about the post office. Oh, last let's week. talk about the post office. This is, I don't know if we, this would be considered technology news, but it's, it's interesting IP news. <laughs> we don't have that section. Uh, the post office recently lost a big lawsuit where uh, they had issued a stamp, a forever stamp, mm-hmm. with a photo of the Statue of Liberty. Sounds very American. Absolutely. very. Those stamps are very popular. And this was a, a photo uh, specifically, if you haven't seen the image, of a, the, the face of the Statue of Liberty mm-hmm. cropped in, looking up, very iconic look to that the image. There's something wrong with that face, Norm. Mm, it's a, the lips are a little sh- thinner, maybe. Yeah, the it's eyes a, are a little different. It's a it's a little more appealing. I don't know. Well, it turns out that this image, which was on a stamp, sold for years. <laughs> Millions of these were sold. Starting in like t- 2010 or 2008, a while ago. It was not a photo of the actual Statue of Liberty. Dun, dun, dun. It was a photo of the replica, the <laughs> imitation of Statue of Liberty. That is in New York, New York Casino in Las Vegas. A, a, a much smaller version of it. That's now, amazing. This photo was purchased by the U.S. Post Office through Getty. Mm-hmm. And Getty had licensed it from a photographer who uploaded it. It's a service that anyone could basically do. It wasn't Getty, and it wasn't the photographer that sued the post office. Or the owner it. of the property that commissioned the, the statue. The, the casino. Yeah. Right, MGM Properties. It wasn't them. It was the artist that MGM had hired to make this replica Statue of Liberty, which is out of foam, essentially. You know, it's, it's wooden foam uh, that said, this is a unique piece of artwork, even though it's, you know, supposed to evoke Statue of Liberty, mm-hmm. because it's sexier, it's more visually appealing. And for the United States government to use a photo that I didn't take of my art on a product is wrong, and I should get commissions. On this, uh, so let's just get this straight. That's a dick move. One hundred percent, a dick move on the part of the artist. Yeah. Hey, man. Well, let's talk about what he claimed. The damages <laughs> he claimed. Well, well, for the the, the post- I'm not saying he he isn't right by the legal definition. The of post that. office it's just a dick move. The post office said, "Look, most people would be more than happy to have their artwork featured on a stamp. That is a high, high, you that know, is an honor, honor." We, and we never pay people more than five thousand dollars. So you should get licensed. you should get no more than ten thousand dollars. That would be insane. I don't think the high honor argument works, right? It is a transaction. If you're the photo- if you're you know a photographer, yep. you get licensed. It doesn't matter how prestigious 
you, you know your your art your your photo is uh, or the place is going to land up end up you should get paid this the rate that everyone gets paid uh, that's not the argument this artist was making though uh, so my question is one I, I guess I have two questions one or is every postcard that has a photo of the New York New York casino with that Statue of Liberty is that infringing on this artist as well and has he pursued those no no I'm sure he hasn't right he, d- he definitely Be- has because he wanted money yeah yeah and two uh, isn't this Getty's fault it is Getty's fault I think because if they because the when you buy the license you're so, you're buying a commercial license you're supposed to vet it which means that you're you're under the assumption as a consumer that mm-hmm. it has been vetted so do you think the USPS could sue Getty uh, frankly I think they should well, they, the USPS lost the case. Mm-hmm. And the artist got $10,000 awarded, uh, no, to a tune of, what was it, two or three million dollars. Three and a half million dollars. Three and a half million dollars. But what was also interesting was the, uh, he had argued for much more than that, right? His lawyers argued for a percentage of every stamp sold, which was in the, you know, many, many millions. And what the judge ended up deciding, and I thought it was a very clever move, was giving the artist a percentage of every stamp that was sold that was not used, which was considered pure profit. There was a large number of stamps that are purchased by collectors. 3.24%. Um, uh, of every stamp, uh, every uh, stamp uh, of collection stamps. of stamps. Yes. 3.42% of stamps are just bought and don't go in, into into use, in circulation. And that's pure profit by the government. And so the artist was awarded a percentage of that. Should there be like just a collection box outside uh, on the sidewalk in Las Vegas? So every time I look at that, I have to pay ten cent commission to this guy. You're just being for snarky. the honor. Yeah, I am because it's a dick move. It's a super dick move. I wonder if there will be, uh, you know, if this will go to appeal, and if there's any recourse for for the U.S. government on this because it's a really really crappy. You guys really think it's a dick move? I don't think that this guy is a dick. I mean, he's. Are you kidding me? He's an artist, for God's sake. He got he got commissioned to do a, a statue, and he got paid he, for that. He pr- he probably got paid for that, like a reasonable amount. Mm-hmm. But he's probably not living well. He's not like no no no. Got gold chains around his his neck. He's probably you know living a starving artist. So life. it basically here's what what seemingly happened is the postal service made a mistake. Find an image that wasn't of the real Statue of Liberty yep. from a service. If he should, if he's going to be mad at somebody, he should be mad at the service that, like, either the the photographer or Getty Images for listing it wrong for yeah, listing it incorrectly or um, selling something that he is not. He didn't give like some permission. Dude, to. if the post office bought this image from some guy on the street, the artist isn't going to go after that guy on the street. He's going to go after the guy who infringed the rights. And also, here's the other argument against the, the, the artist, is that the USP, USPS bought this image under the pretense that they thought it was the Statue of Liberty. So they weren't even, they didn't care about this guy's art. This is the weirdest all. part of the story. It's like, yeah. no one noticed this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right. So it wasn't like the, the, the fact that it was this guy's That's why version it's a of, of the Statue of Liberty was the appealing part. Yeah. It just it's looked like the Statue okay. of Liberty. That's why it's a dick move. It's because it was a mistake, and they're like, oh, we're sorry. Can we give you some compensation? And he's like, no, I want more because the post office needs to suffer. I'm not – let's – look, people – 
there's an argument about whether or not Elon Musk is a dick for making a submarine for little hey, kids. Hey, hey, we're not there yet. <laughs> we're, not, we're not in the shower like, yet. That's an interesting conversation. But let's not go around calling artists dicks because they want to make money off people's usage of their. You should have taken the twenty thousand dollars. The twenty thousand. <laughs> Let it be that. We'll see what he ends up getting. Oh, ooh, ooh, grinds my gears. I bet you he's never going to get mail again. <laughs> Not on time, at Someone least. Someone said they should mail as a, <laughs> in, a, in a certified check that would only uh, deliver when he's home and then only attempt to deliver when he's not home. So I'll never get it delivered. Yeah, get it lost in the mail. He can afford to use U- UPS now. <laughs> or FedEx. Even. Yeah. Or, or you know, his own courier service. Yeah, we're going to go there. Uh, well, you guys still – we still get mail. What's your mail mostly consist of? But what is the thing you look most forward junk. to in the mail? Yeah, it's mostly junk mail. Um, uh, because of packages. I, because I have a kid, we get like um, birthday cards and that kind of stuff. A thing that I lo- still love getting are catalogs. I love getting catalogs. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite catalog? Uh, I don't want to say. It's, it's it's like a Pottery Barn. That's what that is. That's a, Pottery like Barn Guilt Face. There, no, it's IKEA. It's IKEA. Really? IKEA catalog. Okay. I love no, getting no. that IKEA catalog. IKEA catalogs fine. Yeah. Um. Well, previously, when we were growing up, there were toy catalogs as well. Actually, you know, the best catalog when I had growing up was those, like, weird, like, T-shirt and memorabilia catalogs, right, where you see on the cover, like, like a, a giant life-size queen alien or something. Do you remember those? No. Oh, I love it. It's, you, it's like before the internet. You would buy, like, in the, in the mid-'90s, it's, it's how you would find cool T-shirts and weird trinkets were like these catalogs. Wow. I don't know, think about what it was called. I, I could, had no idea. I can call it out. Well, you know, Toys R Us went under, mm-hmm. of course. But they didn't have catalogs, did they? They used to a long they time ago. They used to a long time ago. Really? Yeah. And the catalog, maybe the toy catalog, may be brought back by well, Amazon. Okay. And the idea is that uh, there's a chance that this, this holiday season, Amazon will send out toy catalogs, a holiday catalog and take over that responsibility. They know the address toys are lost. of everyone who buys a lot of toys. Yes. I'm surprised there aren't custom catalogs. Like, you know the Amazon recommended bar? A you things? might like catalog? Like a you might like. Oh, let's just call it you might like. There you go. Like custom printed. Custom Norms. printed. You might you like. Might like. Quarterly. You oh might God. like quarterly. <laughs> everyone gets it to your shipping address. Check that box when you sign up for Amazon. Would you like to see things you might like come once every three months in the mail as a catalog. I would flip, that's perfect bathroom material. Think of the trees. So my guilty pleasure on TV is a show called I Want That, which is basically a catalog in TV form where people just demonstrate different, like, you know, like high-tech products. I think that's the future. Give me the infomercial that's catered towards my interests. <laughs> hmm. um, I'm excited for this. I think catalogs are an interesting, like, just a piece of ephemera mm-hmm. of a time. It's like the old, you know, Macy's catalogs like that. And I'm, I'm sad that uh, those are going away. Kids like catalogs, too, like yeah. around, around the holidays. You sure. get them, like, a pen or a highlighter and exactly. the circle things. Flip and, through it. Yeah. It's, more, it's a lot more It's tangible, obviously, more so than a web page. The only problem is your toy tastes have evolved past what's in catalogs mm. these days. You know, that's valuable data, too. Oh, you can't track what people are clicking on in the yeah, catalog. That's right. That's right. Sure, you can. Embeddable sensors. <laughs> Embeddable sensors, eye trackers in the catalog. What, what do they stare? You know, what's the page people tear out and put on their wall? This catalog has Alexa. It's always listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect pairing. You get the catalog, and then you have like your phrases, and then 
you know, that Alexa will listen to, oh, I want this toy. The kid saying, mom, look at this toy. Yep. And then it'll, it'll feedback loop and pop up in your Amazon search results or the app. Why did customers who, only customers who own Alexa get the catalog? <laughs> That's so strange. Marketing, advertising. Um, speaking of big Amazon pushes, hey, we've got Prime Day coming up. Woohoo! I've never seen so much pre-hype for Prime Day. Well, I, I think it's because they're trying to like turn it into a week. And there's a, I, for all of, you know, how ridiculous and over the top Amazon's trying to make this day and the deals on it and stuff, there are a few things that I think are interesting. With the Whole Foods acquisition, they're doing stuff, they're doing deals on groceries. Uh, in like, you can go in on a day and save 10% on your grocery bill. That's, that's weird. Just like shop this day, the most packed day. I mean, it feels like an anniversary sale, which a lot of companies do. So I feel like because Amazon owns so much more stuff now than they used to, it makes sense. So like you can get subscriptions to Audible or Kindle Unlimited for pretty cheap right now. Mm -hmm. So I I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And companies take part in it. They they use it as a way to um, get rid of stock. Twitch is giving out a free game every day this week. Like, do you get to keep it? Yeah. You just have to be signed in and click on it. Huh. I think one of the best deals uh, uh, for drones is the DJI Mavic Pro dropped from $1,000 to 700 for Prime Day. It's a big, big discount. You mean it will do that on Prime Day? On Prime Day. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that also can foreshadow maybe new product announcements and releases. And speaking of DJI drones... Uh, I think the reports were they were supposed to have a new product launch, then they postponed it, but there's been a photo that leaked of what they were going to launch. And we think it's the Mavic 2. Uh, This is a photo. It looks very very much like the Mavic 1, except it says literally on the side, Mavic 2, not Mavic Pro 2. I can't keep all these straight, man. What's the Mavic the Mavic is the, the was their first foldable one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they have two of those now. They have the Mavic Pro, and then they have the Mavic Air. The smaller one. The smaller one, foldable one. Mavic Air, very popular. It was so, 700 bucks. So you're thinking this is a follow-up to the Mavic Pro? Yes, hmm. not the Mavic Air 2. So maybe more robust camera. Maybe they put in a one-inch camera sensor for better video, better HDR. Um, the bigger one can maybe stand up to better different weather conditions. Like mm-hmm. really... Like the Mavic has been so successful that it's really pushed the Phantom line, um, oh, you know, to, to the sideline. It's foldable. It's foldable. You can put it in your backpack, uh, and uh, it also looks like this one will have three hundred sixty degree surround camera avoidance. So camera on its sides, camera in its front, and camera in its back to do subject tracking and to uh, to get you around obstacles. I wonder what DJI's response was to. Um to that one that you reviewed. The Skydio? Yeah. Be- I don't think DJI Internally. software. Well, it's, there's completely different product lines, product categories. Because yeah. one is a. It's autonomous. Fully autonomous. You're not supposed to control it. And you're supposed to do. It's, it's full belief that it can track your subject and it can track a person for certain types of shots. Uh, but, but it's also big. Don't you think DJI was trying to do that? They had that one that was supposed to take your photo. And they, they both they, and they, the selfie all, modes. All exactly. these hand Deploy, motions that yeah, would control they, it. These will have. I think these the new Mavics all have gestures. But in my experience, they're not that great. Yeah, there's a little bit of latency. But they were still best game them. in town until Skydio came until out. Until Skydio came, and and and, and 
I would assume that's non-trivial what Skydio did too. Yeah, because it's not just stopping uh, the quadcopter before it hits the wall. It's having it recognize what obstacles are and then fly around them, path directing find. that yeah. flight path. And that's something that not easy problem to solve. You need a lot of a lot of AI for that. But maybe that's the reason for the delay of the Mavic Two. Hey. Maybe, maybe this 360. Maybe they've done it. That would need a lot of cameras. If they do it, it'd be really yeah, impressive. I'd be really impressed. Skydio's got a ton of cameras, right? Yeah, a ton of cameras. Yeah, running in stereo pairs. And it's expensive. And yep, 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 yep. Well, may, maybe it's more of a enterprise and, and military application first before before consumers really get in the mass market. Um, let's go uh, a little more drone news. Uh, Google slash Alphabet has announced that two of its initiatives that were previously uh, under, I guess, Google X or just Moonshots. Uh, are now going to launch as separate companies, full projects, just like Waymo is kind of a, a full project. Um, they're going to consider other bets. You know, Google's big moneymaker, ads, and Google, the main product, and, and I guess Android. But Loon and Wing are the moonshot projects that have now, they're going to be feasible. And remind us, Loon is the weather balloon. balloon. Yep, to bring internet to people around the world. And Wing is the VTOL a delivery drone system. That's the one I'm super excited. Like Loon will probably change the world more in terms of accessibility. Loon's business model makes sense because it, it's like delivering a service to you know uh, people in remote areas or without infrastructure. What is Wing's business model? Is it delivery? It's is delivery. It's it's delivery to remote areas and it's farming and agriculture and mapping. And uh, I want to see that these are both changed the. I guess not the landscape, but the, the 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 skylines of maybe not cities, but you know rural areas and different parts of the world. The VTOL tech in and of itself is so fascinating. Yeah. Um, and they've they've brought a wing to Maker Fair and other places in the past. Yeah, they've. They, I think they're confident in it. They're, I mean, just a couple of years ago when we saw Maker Fair, they really wouldn't say anything about it. Now, but now uh, I, I think that they. They've really tested it, and uh, I want—I just want to see one in action. Yeah, I want to see what that payload is. Um, all right, uh, we're gonna jump through these other uh, bits really quickly before we jump into the shower. Uh, Apple has released an update to iOS, iOS eleven point one point four, which uh, blocks um, uh, hacking into uh, your password. Okay, uh, brute force hacking. It will disable the lightning cable after a certain uh, amount of time, so you can't just plug it in and, and brute force into, uh, into your passcode. Tim Cook's just following through on what he said. He's right. not going to let FBI or police or anyone else get access to your data. Uh, Apple's also having some success in the music space. Uh, Financial Times is reporting that uh, they are... Uh, the Apple Music is cutting into Spotify's lead, and it always surprised me. I, is, do any of you subscribe to your Apple Music? Of course I do, and but I'm surprised to hear this news because every time a playlist is shared on Reddit, it's Spotify. Yeah. And deep in the comments, someone says, "Here's Apple Music." Right. Spotify, I think, has the mind share yeah. among savvy users, but that's not the total number of users. And so this is a nice uh, reminder that there are just so many people out there that are entrenched in the Apple ecosystem that it's just easier for them to subscribe to Apple Music. I'm just surprised like somebody like Google or Facebook hasn't bought Spotify. Like what happened there because you think especially Google who has, you know, Google Play Music which hasn't been terribly successful mm -hmm. would just it'd it must, be a natural integration in their ecosystem and yeah. then 
And then Spotify would be in a really different place. It must have been overpriced. That's the oh. only explanation. Apple bought Beats. Yeah. Remember, that was For that same reason. the Spotify yeah. competitor. Well, it's like, you know, if Apple wants it to get into the TV game, why didn't they buy a Hulu or Netflix? Well, because it's, like, it's too much. they watched the time Hulu has and was like, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the time has passed for that. Um, and then, uh, finally, this is a, kind of a funny story that c- could have fit into the VR minute. Did you see that the car company, um, C- Citrogen, uh, mm-hmm. has... Let me see this and load this up. Has what they promised to be motion sickness curing glasses. That's weird, man. These are the ultimate hipster glasses is what they look like. Explain to me how these work. Not only do you get the roundness, so circularness the, you, of a hipster glass. You get on the front, these look like really thick rim glasses yep. that are perfectly circular for both your eyes. And then they also have circles on the, your temple the same size. Right, so I'm like, okay, is this like a HUD thing where you know, like from VR, you want to just cover more of your your uh, field of view with something that's tied to your movements? That's not the trick. In these circles, what you have is liquid mm-hmm. that you know stays aligned with the horizon. Mm-hmm. So as you move your head in the car, the liquid creates a horizon line that gets you comfortable and so you are you your movements are tied with you know the world how is that any different than looking at the horizon is it's, it's exactly well, because but that's then the point. you get to not you don't have to look at the ah, horizon this is so you can look at your so you iPad can look at your iPad or read a, a book, book in a car and still get a horizon line in your field of view game boy color i mean the the reasoning is sound i would be very curious to try it out Mm-hmm. And see how effective it is, because I think even by their own admission, all it does is sort of delay uh, the onset of motion sickness by by ten to twenty minutes. But for a majority of people, that's enough time to do what they want to do on that tablet or device or whatever it is. I don't know if it's a a real product you can buy. I would love to be just driving down the freeway, autopiloting down the freeway, <laughs> and uh, look over to the left and, and see someone wearing these glasses. Man, if I would book. just w- wore those in the mission, I'd be like the hottest thing in San Francisco. <laughs> Where'd you get those? You are supposed to have your hands on the wheel. Hand, I didn't say and my hands were eyes on the road. They're on the road at some points. Mm-hmm. They're on the road. All right, uh, let's jump into that shower. Oh, my gosh. This is always so loud when I do this. It's like the water's loud. Check it out. Ah. ah. And so we enter Elon Shower. Gotta edit that. You can also turn down the volume for that one clip. It's not the volume, it's the frequency. It's just... Uh, Elon's had quite the week, huh? Well, I would say the the 12 boys trapped in a cave in Thailand have had quite the week. <laughs> well, well, before we get there, we should say that he did announce that he's building a factory in Shanghai... Uh, to make more Tesla, up to a half million more uh, Tesla per year. Uh, And that's actually a a big story. I'd be very curious what the reception to Tesla is outside of the U.S., Yeah, especially in China. In China, it's actually very popular. Tesla is a prestige. As I would expect. It's a huge prestige vehicle, and there are at least a dozen other companies trying to really, uh, Chinese companies in China, trying to own the electric car market by building a competitor to Tesla. Some of these, I've seen some images and renders of them, they don't look that great, but they all kind of look like Tesla ripoffs. In the same way, you have iPhone ripoffs in China. It turns out making an electric car, not easy. 
But Teslas are also very expensive in China, because, and, and they will become more expensive with the new tariffs coming out. So this is a new uh, factory, mega factory, gigafactory, whatever you want to call it, to turn out 500,000 cars, you said? Mm-hmm. Full-fledged car manufacturer, not the battery or including? No, like the whole the whole car. The whole thing. Made in China. Wow. Now, that's not this year. That's not no, next no. year. It would Theoretically, in two years, mm-hmm. the landscape for electric cars in China is going to be completely different in two years. So Tesla, this may already be too late, and there's a lot of speculation that this is just not doable to build a factory from the ground up to make this many cars, especially since Tesla hasn't proven to deliver on you know the, the production ramping in the States. Hey, they did last month. Five, hit their goal. 5,000 cars, 5,000 Model 3s in one week. In one week, yes. Yes. I don't know if I agree with that assessment that in two years the landscape is going to be terribly different. I think if we rewound the clock back to 2016, yes, there weren't many electric cars on the market. But it's not like we've made these like massive leaps in those two years. There's still only a few companies that do it. I'm not sure they're going to be in a position in two years from now where there's going to be a whole fleet of options available. I think they're still going to be limited I think, just because of the, how much money it takes to get a fleet going. I, I think there are going to be options. I don't think they're going to be widespread, but in terms of capturing that money, the, the high-end money. and I The first-to-market thing. Yes, I get that. And, and I don't necessarily think those cars are going to be better in terms of experience-wise. But who knows? Like You can just throw you know, thousands of software engineers at the problem in China and take ideas and, and modify them and get something out there. They need to be in that space. So this is a kind of essential thing for Tesla's long-term future. In their short-term future, they're still trying to be profitable in the U.S. And for them that to happen, they need to sell a lot of Model 3s, especially the high-end Model 3s. So what they did this week is they opened up the sales to everyone. This is crazy. But there's still a delay. Well, 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 right? well how long is the wait? The wait depends on wh- how much you want to pay. It's just latent. <laughs> it's just latency. It's not a delay. So if I if I want the model that's available now, when can I get it? You mean the the, the performance? Yeah, model. the one you got. Oh, that's still going to be like two two to four months. Okay, but uh, if reasonable. you want if you want to pay more, if you want the performance model, pay like eighty thousand dollars, seventy thousand dollars. You can get that sooner. That those they want to sell that they make so much margin on those. Yeah. Like that, can you can get that car in in a month or two? Oh, interesting. Uh, what's it going to take for me to get you in this performance model? Well, is that what's happening? Drive. Thirty thousand people have already signed up for test drives for the performance model huh. in wow. Tesla stores, and they've shipped a hundred of those to their stores uh, for for mm-hmm. test drives. So they're at a point where the people who gave them a thousand dollar interest free loan two years ago, suckers, if they didn't sign up when they got that email. Couple, uh, two weeks ago, and put down their additional twenty five hundred. Yeah, they're not ahead of the queue from people who put in their twenty five hundred mm-hmm. necessarily. Uh, just this week. Well, they've got to be ahead if they're holding out for the thirty five k one. They are. They, yes, that's true. If you're and if you're holding out for the thirty five k, God bless you. Hold out for that thirty five k car. You probably won't get the full federal tax rebate. Um, that diminishes over time, uh, and but that's not going to be the high volume car. It may have been the high volume pre-order like of those 400,000 people. You don't know pre-ordered. that. I wouldn't bet on that. I, I bet that's going to be mentally? huge. Yeah. 
I think mentally, wait, wait, you're saying that you think that that will be yeah a year from now that that'll be the the best selling Model Three. If they can sell five hundred thousand cars before then, then they'll be happy selling that Model Three. But it's right. people are skeptical that they make any money on that car. Yes, and I understand that's why it's delayed. Yeah, so for them to be for them to be profitable this year, they need to sell and they need to keep on man- making and selling mm-hmm. uh, the cars that they make margin on. But super interesting. They are now actively not anti-selling the car, not anti-selling. Mm-hmm. It's like when Gmail went, to, when anybody could join. Yeah, yeah. No longer felt special. No invite only. Yeah, yeah. It makes the car that much less special. Do you have a uh, a code you'd like to share with our listeners? I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> no. no. Contact Gary Witter for that. Yeah. No. 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 He did. He shared it on tw- on Twitter. He shared what? He said, if anybody's buying a Tesla, let me know. I'll give you my code. Oh, Gary's code. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He has a code already? Well, I don't know. Mm. Anyway. Model yeah, S, 50 codes. S and X only. Codes uh, don't work on three. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, let's go back to Thailand. Um, this was the non-product related interesting bit of um, news. I, I don't want to talk too much about it, but we'll start with the, the important thing. The 12 kids are rescued. They're out of the caves. This is awesome news. Yeah, it was a totally incredible story of collaboration and and um, you know just perseverance to get Seriously. those kids out. How far were in the in the cave? Two and a half miles. What? It wasn't two miles, two and a half miles deep. It was tunneling, flooded tunnels. Insane to this this cave, and they had survived on on bare minimum of snacks and um, and, and water brought to them. What I keep thinking about is that what oh, ten days that they had before anybody found them. That's and the most what terrifying ten days. The, the darkness. What the loss of hope. I mean, wow. I mean, they're in a position that was straight out of Apollo thirteen, where they had to worry about oxygen. Yeah, and not and beyond like food and water, like just breathable atmosphere was a concern. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, it made international news, and it piqued the attention of one Elon Musk who mm-hmm. uh, set his engineers upon designing a submarine that could have been used. I think he sent engineers there who proposed the submarine. They built it. Yeah. yeah. They, bu- they, but they built it the prototype. It wasn't Elon's idea. I don't think. I think it was probably proposed to him. Oh, okay. You know and, then, and then they built a submarine yeah. and sent it over on its way to China to sign this big 500,000 car factory deal, uh, stopped over by Thailand to, to see if they could help. And he actually went in, was there. He was in, you could see pictures from the cave. So I actually, um, here's my hot take for all of this. Uh, I actually don't have a problem with anything Elon did. Yeah. it was. It's just that everyone wrote these, there is all this slew of stories about how he was going to be the savior, which just isn't what ended up happening. That's the problem. The problem is the the perception among uh, uh, and as reported by some media and also in the Elon fan base that he Tony Stark came in and and was going to solve this problem. Well, I think what would have worked so much better is if he had done the exact same thing without tweeting about it. And anonymous then, donor. And then after we're the back fact, to an anonymous donor. <laughs> once the 12 kids were saved, he could have said, you know, funny story, we made a submarine and brought it over there. They didn't end up using it. But that would have been great. Exactly. But that's not the natural reaction in a time of crisis because you're trying to bring more attention to it, right? And if there's one thing of attention already brought to it, 
the distraction so. of what's Elon, the state of Elon's solution. Is that on him or is that on the media? It's on him to be engaging with people in, in Twitter and, and giving these updates. On the other hand, I could see him being excited about the idea of yeah. feeling compassionate about the kids and not thinking. And he doesn't have perspective on how his followers and the media view him all the time. Are you kidding me? I don't That's know. been the point of this. So I believe he does. Contention. <laughs> but I don't. I I just uh, this is not one where I felt like uh, um, that I felt like he, he wasn't stealing away from what was going on. Yeah. Let's give right. some credit where credit is, is due. There like the British man that discovered this this cave came back with some of his maps of the cave. There is uh, all the people that operated the pumps for so long. There are the farmers that just let that had their fields flooded, their rice fields flooded. Um, the diver that died, the, bring di- bring the them Navy oxygen. seal, the Thai Navy seal that died, bring them oxygen. All of those, those people they're they're the ones that actually uh, were the heroes here, all the support staff for, for these folks. But there, like the water pump stuff, just the engineering behind how they were getting the water out and battling the incoming rain and everything else was fascinating. I haven't heard anything about the water pump stuff. Was that necessary? Yeah, they basically they had to get some water out in order to make the the process easier. Hmm. It's going to be a turn into a a major motion picture. No, no. So, well, I, I'm, we can say that now. Knowing that uh, they're all saved. Yeah, good, good, good effort. They had to swim a, a long distance too, underwater, mm-hmm. to get out. I mean, I've done some scuba diving, but nothing like that. Um, and uh, that should be it for technology news. Let's move to some science. <laughs> Moment of science. I threw this bit in the science uh, moment of science because I, I watched this really cool video or listened to it more specifically uh, about audio illusions. This was uh, done by ASAP Science, and uh, I don't know if we, should we play the audio. I don't know if we can play the audio. Maybe we should. Uh, it's a three. It's four minute video. Let's just play what, the first. Where's first, the audio? Uh, it's just in the beginning, right here, right, right here. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's good. It's all good. Here we go. I'm going to rewind, unmute, bam. Is the song being played as All Star by Smash Mouth? And if you do, something amazing is about this to happen. from the ASAP Science. Here it is. Even though. Right, there we go. We can stop there. So that was a version of All Star by Smash Mouth. And you can rewind it. You can actually, we'll, we'll link this in the show notes so you can watch the, the full video. Can you make it out why like, are you, if you know why, that? Why are you, wait, wait, wait. Why do you want people to watch a video of Smash Mouth? Period. I want them to Let's watch apologize and I want them to watch the, the science Continue. video. Okay. Um, but the question you asked, Jeremy, was yeah. can you make it out? Right. And the answer is yes. Once you know. I can, I can make it out. And I can, Somebody and, wants and as you're listening mm-hmm. to that rendition, you can hear the voice. You can hear the vocals. Mm-hmm. So are you telling me a computer made this? No, no, no. It was just a keyboard playing it. Mm-hmm. But there's are, there are no vocals in what we heard. Yeah. But you can your brain fills in the vocals. You're saying that a keyboard's trying to emulate a, a human vocal? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like using code or a person? Like a person playing the piano? A person playing the piano. I don't believe that. Is that true? 
No, that is true. So your your brain, um, the, the analog of this that you've probably seen is, have you ever read a sentence that has no vowels in it, that everything's sort of jumbled, but you can still read it and you recognize it because you're filling in uh, the pattern that exists there. And so while we're used to that visual illusion, that also happens in our auditory processing of data as well. The video is called, Will This Trick Your Ears? Audio Illusions. It did. It tricked my ears. Uh, at the end of the video, there's a really cool piano that plays basically sentences. And it's just, you can see the keys moving. You're playing, in, in, but as you, if you see the text above, yeah. like as a caption, you hear the words. And a person has rehearsed these sentences? Yeah. And then they can just play well, them? I think they did it with the player piano. Oh. So it's almost like a MIDI file, like essentially. But it, a MIDI file, but the the chords that are being struck, yeah. by a physical piano, play out in your head like words. Are the hosts talking to us at the beginning of Westworld through the player <laughs> piano? Good plot point. <laughs> Season three, crying for help. Doesn't All right, sound like anything to me? Doesn't sound like anything to me. I have a few stories that I selected because of uh, inspired by y'all's experience uh, lately, Norm. He's a he's in dog loving heaven still. Still yes. in that like you're treating Ripley like a puppy. Oh yeah. Still. Phase. She's a puppy. She's gonna be spoiled forever. Well, I wanna tell you a little bit about history of dogs here. So when uh North America was settled, I don't know, ten, twenty thousand years ago, they didn't come alone. They came with dogs as well. And when Europeans came, you know, what, 500 years ago to this continent and largely wiped out that native population, they also wiped out the native dogs along with it. So much so that dogs that exist now in Western culture basically have no traces of those native dog DNAs in them. Except in one place, there is a form of dog cancer that is that has a, a tumor related to it. And researchers over a long period of time was sequencing very different sources of DNA to track, like, is there anywhere these native dogs show up in, in modern dogs? And in that tumor, it does exist. And so there's this weird story that's been created that took many, many years to, to sort of piece together that um, when, uh, when the Europeans came and diseases came with them that ended up wiping out the native, much of the native population, but also the native dog population, those native dogs passed along um, a, either a virus or some sort of disease like or some sort of mutation that led to this cancer that is propagated through European dogs that contains remnants of their DNA. Wow. And that's the only source of native dog DNA left on this that's so sad. wonderful planet. So that's getting sick is how dogs get back to their roots. Was there one primary breed of dog? It, it, it breed is like a sort of a, a weird you know, a nomer here, but no, there was a, there was all sorts of different dogs. <laughs> um, it wasn't as diverse as what we see now, as sort of branched, um, but there there were still many types of dogs according to what the the uh, <laughs> sequencing showed. There's a long story in the New York Times about this. It's totally interesting. Uh, I want to celebrate you surviving the viral outbreak at Camp Mather because it can go awry. I want to talk about Novichok. Have you heard about Novichok? No. 
So in England this week, beyond celebrating whatever is happening with the World Cup, I hear there's like some sort of soccer game going on right now. Uh, there, there was a terrifying case a couple um, a few months ago of a couple being poisoned by a nerve agent, and oh, they're no. recovered. And the hint was that they were poisoned on purpose by this nerve agent, and it might be related to some sort of Russian es- espionage. Well, this week two more people got sick from this nerve agent one died one did die uh, a day ago and this nerve agent called novichok actually operates by basically interfering with the signaling pathway in your nervous system so basically you'll become paralyzed in different sections and it acts quickly so how did these new people get infected they got infected in the same neighborhood so the initial questions were like Oh my God! Are the is this another espionage thing? Is something going on? And the indications now is that no, they have no relation to that thing. But Novichok is this kind of oily substance, and it persists in the environment for up to fifty years. Ooh. So they probably touch something that this initial um, uh, uh, two people that were infected, uh, where they came in contact with it, and came in contact with it like months if not you know potentially a year later but likely in that same neighborhood somewhere and so they're on the hunt for where is this yeah now because it can persist for that long oh my god terrifying and so this um this speaks and there's a really wonderful article that came out from ed young last week on pandemics and like while we talk about climate change and and other sort of issues related to that as being sort of an existential threat to us this points to um a larger thing that the toxins in our environment especially when it comes to viruses and other agents they might be a source that we're not as um able uh ready to protect like a, a pandemic like this like we're in this situation i i get this isn't a virus this is a, a diff, this is an intentional agent yeah but we are still in this place where we we haven't figured out where it came from how it got there nor how to clean it up now luckily the other person is, is going to survive there's a way to sort of essentially dry out your quote unquote your nervous system uh, to prevent this agent from um uh leading to full paralysis and there's some um you know, different treatments for it. So there, but it has to be caught early. So unfortunately that one woman passed away, but it just shows you how fragile we are to these different agents in our environment. Okay. Something happier. Um, Let's actually do the password one really quickly. Norm put this story in and it's the idea of there's another way to steal passwords. We talk about like all sorts of, of uh, vulnerabilities mm-hmm. in different software, uh, vulnerabilities in hardware when we came to Spectre last year. Well, one option is if I could actually take a picture of your keyboard, mm. could I actually steal your password? Ah, would you need infrared or something like that? That's exactly what scientists did. They took infrared images of your keyboard and saw based off of the latent heat signatures off of it, and they needed to do this within the first I think 45 seconds of it uh, of you typing in your password yeah they'd be able to pick up not only the keystrokes you made but the order in which you made them yeah that makes sense really good uh, ir now doing that now walking around with an ir camera while you're typing on your keyboard and taking a picture yeah 
probably not the slyest way of stealing a password. Hey, no. miniaturization. Not as good as, as the microphone trick where they can deduce the keys just from listening. Yeah. That was a cool one. Yeah. Kevin Mitnick just does social engineering. He just calls and asks mm-hmm. for the password. <laughs> can I have your password? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. What I liked about this study is they looked at different password types uh, or uh, keyboard types and saw what was more susceptible to them. Those Cherry MXers less susceptible. Oh, to really? This, uh, nice. The mechanical keyboard. Nice. Good, good, they good take coding. so much less force to put on oh, them. That's so, interesting. Like you're in contact with them for a less amount of time. Huh. I, I wonder if... Mechanical uh, keyboards for the win. What about touchscreens? If that, it would apply to that too. Well, there's so much heat coming from touchscreens. Right. And yeah, inherent heat. Yeah. Mm. So actually you're looking for cool spots mm-hmm. where your finger takes away the heat. Uh, we got to jam through the rest of the podcast. Um, so that does it for a moment of science. Do you want to do some VR? We're going to hold off for until next week. Oh, let's hold off. Let's hold off. I'm sorry. Another week without the VR minute, although we'll have a lot more to talk about. Uh, next week, especially ahead of Comic-Con and some games coming out or being announced. I think we'll do a project- projections this week, too. We will. Right? We will. Okay. We will have a projections uh, this week. Uh, breaking news uh, in the pop culture uh, in pop culture world. They announced a... MGM has announced a Robocop, new Robocop movie to be directed by Neil Blomkamp, director oh. of District 9. What? And Chappie. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Especially if you saw his movies. He loves giant robots, mechs. Both District 9 and Chappie had giant mech-like robots and heavily influenced by... Uh, does Robocop hold up like a T2 or Predator? Mm. Robocop 1? Yeah, yeah, the totally. first one. It does? No. 1 holds up. Holds up as a... As I a, don't think the CG looks good. Stop motion? Is there CG? No, but um, the, what's the other robot? The bad robot. The Ed 209? Ed 209 I didn't think looked good. Oh, Both, I think 1 and 2 hold up as... Um, satire oh. of the time. Okay. As late 80s satire okay. of, of dystopia. And, and some of it's a little too real these days. What? Here's my suggestion. Robocop versus Chappie. No? No. Oh. It'll be called Robocop Returns and what? it'll be a soft reboot of... What's uh, Chappie? Chappie's the Iron Eagle guy. No, Ch- Chappie's the, uh, the one with um, the rappers. Uh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Is it a movie? It's a movie with the robots Chappie, and he's, he's you know he, he it's like Wally except it's much closer to Johnny Five Alive. Than, yeah, I yeah. have no idea. Where yeah. we go? I missed that one. And hunted by, and he's raised by uh, what are those people called? Uh, what was uh, the other ninja? I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> uh, we got a jet. Uh, but thank you so much for listening this week. Uh, we'll be doing an episode next week before I head down for Comic-Con. Apologies for no still entitled this week as Adam is still traveling. He's returning, and uh, we're hopefully going to have an episode with him before we all go to Comic-Con. Definitely going to have an episode with him at Comic-Con. And stay tuned for all our coverage there. We'll be doing incognito walks, builds. We actually have a new one-day build uh, that should be on the site very soon after you listen to this. Um, Adam does it. He announced a new Savage Industries uh, bag, and he does he does a build of the bag. Oh, um, nice! Yeah, so check that out on the site. Um, other things happening with you guys? Uh, I read my son's my eleven year old summer reading with him. Uh, I never I don't know why I didn't think to do that earlier, but why not do the, the kids' summer reading too? You know, you got a summer read a book, and I read the uh, We Free Men, and I freaking loved it. Terry Pratchett, my first uh, Discworld. Oh, uh, book and it's fantastic. It, he phrases things in a way that I could never do, and they're thoughts I've had but never thought to put into words. Absolutely fantastic. Highly recommend this book. Very cool. 
Kishore, anything going on with you? Nope. Typical. All right. You can check out Kishore's other podcasts at Inquiring Minds. Just search Inquiring Minds or follow Kishore on Twitter. Who has more Twitter followers? <sighs> Stop it. <laughs> as soon as we started that contest, the internet decided. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's at Science Quiche. <laughs> I just lost half my followers. It's cool. All right. We have an outro this week. We do. Hi there. I didn't see you. Pass it. If you're talking about, you know, two dozen people sleeping on a bus overnight, there are going to be farts. You yep. need a way to siphon that out. There will be farts. Yeah. Fartbus.co. I've always wanted to see Daniel Day-Lewis recreate that conversation, like from There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. There Will Be Farts. Mm-hmm. Fartbus.co. See ya.